Do your people know how many innocents you have killed? Was it hundreds? Yes. Lie to me again and I'll open you from your belly to your brain and feed you your intestines. Thousands. And when you put them to the stake, what did you feel? Shame? Horror? Power? Answer me! Nothing! I felt nothing. A greater crime than the act itself. Then why spill blood if not for the pleasure of it? Because men do not fear swords. They fear monsters. They run from them. By putting one village to the stake, I spared ten more. Sometimes the world no longer needs a hero. Sometimes what it needs is a monster. You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. episode 131 welcome to the buzzkill podcast where today we're talking about the dark bruniverse yeah it was dark wasn't it, it, it was. <laughs> you know what i was listening to uh last week's episode yes and i had one of the worst voice cracks i've ever had on this oh you show. did we pretty sure we called it out it was the piranha condo one <laughs> I realized, I think I that, can't believe you just said that. I, th- <laughs> I think most of the time, I like, I think most of the time when we start talking, I, I tend to like trying, my voice is a little bit lower, you know, I'm like mm. trying to talk oh, it's, calmly. It's, it's that sexy voice. M- my voice is not naturally that low. Like, I think I drop my voice a little too low and then I get those cracks like that. So you trying to do like a radio voice so or something? From, so from now on, I'm just going to talk <laughs> in my normal voice, you guys. Finally, that's about it. <laughs> Finally, Hi. Only took t- <laughs> what's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And uh, I, Jim has what? Mickey Mouse in your in your, in your shorts? Is that is that what's going on? Hi. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, even a funny joke? No, not really. Uh, yeah. What's up, boys? Not a whole lot. Yeah. I spent the day in the uh, studio here. Here. Yep. The studio. This studio. Laying down some. He was bokes. practicing his podcast all day. <laughs> You're just in this. I was just in the in the vocal booth. Just welcome to episode one thirty one. I was I was told that I needed to practice. He so. ran through the entire show three times. I didn't get the script, so. Um, you're gonna have to keep me on track here. I'll, I'll lead, like the, <laughs> like the great, like the great like, audible, audible dancer that I am. I, like, I believe, like any, I will lead your tongue on the dance floor. Like any good man. What were you actually doing, uh, Mikey, here today? What's that? What were you actually doing? Oh, today? we uh, recorded a song. The band, the band. Uh, don't the, seem, don't the, seem so impressed the, with yourself. <laughs> oh, we uh, recorded a song. It's a lot of musical talent, but whatever. It's just whatever. Uh, there's very little, let's be honest. All the, all the hey, you talent, said it, man. Not all me. the talent lies in the architect over here, That's making true. it sound good. I'll tell you, the band came in and <clears throat> those guys put out a pretty kick-ass song. So yeah, I heard it. Yeah, like, I liked it. It's it's exactly fifty percent less butt rocky than our first stuff, <laughs> which means there's still about forty-five percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's still there. yeah. You're I'll getting there though. You're getting there. <laughs> No, I enjoyed it though. We uh, decided to come in, lay one down, and you know, and then eat a shitload of Taco Bell. <laughs> sh- I needed food. 
desperately. Hey. Yeah, he went right away, man. Right from a, uh, a work day, right into singing to setting up the podcast. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, I haven't had much going on. I've been, uh, we're going to March Dunane Rouge we are. this weekend. And uh, essentially what that is, we probably talked about it last year after we went to it. But there's this uh, there's this character of folklore in Detroit called uh, Lenane Rouge, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, the red is it the red it's the red dwarf the red dwarf yeah um, he's Detroit, like this, Detroit's red devil he's this little monkey faced red devil and he apparently brings uh, bad luck to the city there's actually like in old 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 storybooks and stuff there's weird folklore behind it about mm-hmm. how people would spot him like they spotted him during the uh, the race riots race riots and then there was like some old tycoon who saw him when he was hiking down a trail on his property and instead of flattering him he hit him in the head with a cane and, yeah. and <laughs> brought brought hell upon himself mm-hmm. so every year the March to Nain Rouge is like forty thousand people just get together and walk down the Cass Corridor yeah, and they it's a fun dr- time. they drive him back into the Detroit River. So yeah, we went last year and it was uh, a <clears throat> blasty blast. So this was a long a long way of me saying that basically all I've been doing all week is working on my costume. Because right. once again, right. you're going to be the only one dressing up. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, any excuse that I can find to dress up weird is A-OK with me. But right. aren't you supposed to wear a costume? Because if he sees you in your natural self. Yes. What I forget what the he comes back and haunts you or, or follows you. Uh, it's like you. I think you're supposed to disguise yourself so that way, it, yeah. Like if if he sees you, he doesn't know who you are, so he can't uh, he can't bring you bad luck. Yeah. So I'm going to be the only one with good luck this year. Yeah, that's debatable. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I've been because I've got this new leather working hobby. I've been making a uh, costume out of leather. Mm, it's gonna nice. it's, it's pure BDSM stuff. Mm, love it, leather ball gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and not much else. <laughs> it's gonna be like forty degrees. I'm wow, just, that's just gonna be pinging. It's very descriptive. <laughs> pinging down the <laughs> pinging down the cast corridor. I, I, I could imagine you pinging down in a costume that looks like that. Did you ever see that? Like uh, I don't know if it was some kind of like poetry or art thing on a stage, and some guy steps out, and he's just got like this black leather like speedo on and this big metal rod sticking out of the wing <laughs> oh and, and then he starts, he starts walking and starts smacking it on the pole bang, smacking bang, that bang. crossbar yeah that's basically that's where i drew my inspiration so i think that's my favorite video ever because it's so weird <laughs> i think that was like supposed to be an actual art installation too so it was, like it was yeah. supposed to be something instead of a guy just humping a metal pole with another metal pole <laughs> if our listeners haven't seen that i don't even know what to tell them to look that up by because it's so you're gonna weird. get a lot of really weird search results if you try to search for it dude dude bangs metal pole <laughs> uh what have you been up to jay just uh caught a caught a bug after this past week after these dudes get out of here recording and uh what kind of bug Saturday. i don't know just some upper respiratory crap so cicada yeah i think so <laughs> I was a little sick, Ada. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I've been fighting that all week and trying to get some work done in the meantime. And Bumsky. That's it, man. Nothing exciting. Right on, right on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, got try, uh, I got to try on wedding rings today, so that was kind of cool. What kind of wedding ring are you going for? Are you doing diamonds? I'm, it's going to be about four inches tall. Yeah, <laughs> like your watch? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to have... And then, yeah. <laughs> Shaped like a mushroom. Shaped like a mushroom. <laughs> With a hole in the top. No, I don't think I'm, I'm not going to do diamonds. No? I tried one on it. was my style. You don't like this right here? Ta-ching, I like it on Jimmy All Your Money. My uh, my Kalo ring finally snapped. At, oh, your, at your house the other night, actually, as I was going to 
grabbed my keys out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Fucking thing just ripped in half. Well, it was just plastic or yeah. rubber. Rubber, so. something. Anyway, that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Uh, so, Chew. yeah. Do we have any? <laughs> oh, I Sorry. Didn't, I didn't have a segue prepared. <laughs> What? What? What are you sorrying about? I was just gonna say I'm out of it, so you know, I might need you to lead the dance tonight. What? You were, you were just bouncing off the walls five minutes ago. Yeah, and then now it, that we're actually recording now, the now show, we're now, down, now, like, now yeah. that it actually counts, he's got no energy whatsoever. No, you Nothing. son of a bee. Sorry. Oh, uh, hey, hey, James celebrated a birthday. Um, we didn't even talk about that. That's right. That's because it's not noteworthy. Uh, it was two days ago. It was yesterday. yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, best friend. I know that I personally <laughs> called him. I personally dick. called him. Wished him happy birthday. Yeah, uh, I posted a meme to I his Facebook wall. Him. Yeah, he personally texted me. I don't I think, think uh, I did that either. He comes over to my house last <clears> night. He said something about his birthday. Go, oh yeah, it's your birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, happy birthday. And then for some reason, in your mind today, that was two days ago. <laughs> Mike's all out of sorts. Apparently, it was. see for me, like I can text you to late at in the evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, like nine o'clock or something, but I see things like this at like six in the morning when I wake up and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I just call James and tell him happy birthday. Oh no, it's 6 a.m. I'll tell him later. And then I remember at like nine o'clock, I'm like, oh, it's right. It's still James's birthday. <laughs> I do the same thing, except for it's usually 9 p.m. the next day. I'm like, oh, I can't tell. Like most people get the happy belated birthday from me because I always forget. Well, one of the things that, that prompted me to remember your birthday is, uh, I think somebody was your aunt maybe posted a photo of you from when you were just a wee little lad. Yeah. And um, I got to be honest with you. I never thought that it was possible for you to have a bigger head on that frame of yours. <laughs> but this this picture of you when you're like four. Mm-hmm. No, good, I, was, I was like two. Good lore. I felt bad for your mother. Well... <laughs> I've, I've always like it's it's a it's a fact. You can go back and look at pictures of me when I was a child. When I was born, my head was already this big, so it's always it's it's it was a rough go for my mom. <laughs> She's been incontinent ever since. <laughs> she wasn't that. Uh, they just said there was some lady gave birth to a fifteen pound baby. Oh, dude, I something. saw that. I was like, was was he an Erickson? <laughs> How I met your mother? Familiar with any of that? Erickson boys are big. About the size, just 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 a little bit bigger than this turkey right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 15-pound baby. Uh, did you see that? I did, yeah. It, they said that it weighed the same as an as like a, a nine-month-old infant. Good Lord. So I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron was actually, they did do a C-section. They said they had to have two doctors, one pulling on the baby and one like up pulling the baby out from underneath the mom's ribs. Jesus Isn't Christ. that horrifying? Yeah. God. I, I don't know why, but when you're <laughs> it's describing like the that. It's that gets stuck in the turkey oh, and you're God. trying to wiggle it out. I was just oh. picturing Will Ferrell coming out of a woman. <laughs> just no, it's like a full, full grown size Will Ferrell. Yep, here I am. Man, it was hot in there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of things that aren't so hot, why don't we get into some corrections from well, last see, week? See, there it is. There you we go. We, 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 had, to, we had, had to do to that to get there. We're good. <laughs> Stupid! You're so stupid! Uh, so, not necessarily a correction, but uh, an amendum, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about Sandy Finesse. Is that her name? Shandy Finesse. Shandy Sh- Finesse. Shandy. 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 Like the drink. Like, like the drink. Okay, right. Shandy Finesse. Uh, she co-hosted. Yeah, that was close. <laughs> she, she co-hosted a TV show 
called Lingo. Lingo, that's what it was, for yeah. For nine whole episodes, which means that she was probably pretty terrible. And you watched the same nine episodes over and over and up and down and up well, and no. over and <laughs> up and up. <laughs> well, that's probably true. No, I think somebody must because that show was on for more than nine episodes, so somebody must have taken over. Maybe. Maybe, maybe she was terrible as the host. I don't know. But she was hot. So. Uh, that's all I got, That's though. it? All right. That's well, uh, so this week, we are talking about Universal's Dark Universe, or yeah. lack thereof. It, um, it, it, we have a lot to actually talk about this, because it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting... It's interesting to, to see two separate false starts for their Dark Universe, and now they've pretty much called it quits. Yeah. Um, and we have theories as to why they failed. Well, um, and we should we should just say like let's be honest, we neither one of us had seen either no. of these movies. We had uh, given we had given both of them a lot of shit. Well, yeah, we <laughs> we kind of rode the wave of hate that was the entire internet sure. talking about cuz we 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 both follow like you know, we're both part of different horror groups on Facebook and we're on, you know, we like we read stuff on bloody disgusting and yeah. we're we're just like we're in, like ingrained oh, in the in the, in the horror this movie community. Sucks. This movie must suck. Yeah, right which nearly. is that's a that's bad on our part. Yeah. We pro- so we do have things to say about both of these movies, which are um, Dracula Untold yep. and The Mummy from 2017. Yes. So uh, to go with those, I went out today and and picked up the beer because Mike was here recording his his vocals. So I went out and picked up Magic Hat Number Nine, not quite pale ale. Yeah. Now the reason behind that is because if you were talking to somebody about the dark universe and you were explaining to them what it was and they didn't know and they'd be like, like oh, so, oh, so this like this like restarted like re-kicked up, uh, uh, not quite, not quite, not quite. <laughs> so, so this is number nine, not quite pale ale. Uh, from they're, they're on their ninth attempt too, so that's that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from uh, South Burlington, Vermont. An original. Number nine is a sort of dry, crisp, refreshing ale whose mysterious and unusual palate will swirl across your tongue with subtle notes of fruit and a floral hop bitterness. Beyond that, we dare not tell you more, for with each sip, mysteries are revealed and still more questions raised. Why number nine? Why indeed. Ooh. Ooh. A little mystery. Um, Yeah, Magic Hat number nine is one of my more favorite beers. To be honest with you, I have drank a f- my fair share of pints of it. I think uh, I- I've had it before, but I can't remember mm. it is what del- it tastes like. So it is delicioso. I can't very, pick very up good. this. I don't have any fingernails. I just trimmed them today, <laughs> and I couldn't pick up my bottle opener. You get T Rex trying to get to it because <laughs> I got a big head and little arms. <laughs> it's so it's true. So true. All right, boys. Uh-huh. Cheers. Who nailed their tooth with the bottle? That might have been me. I heard that. <laughs> it might have been me. Or was it you? It wasn't me. I was enjoying the sip, so if it was me, I didn't notice it. Mm. Uh, yep, always delicious. Mm. It tastes like a beer. Yep. Tastes like another one, right, boys? <laughs> they sure brewed this beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I actually really like this beer a it's lot. Good, it's good, yeah. Uh, it's, a good it's, dr- it's a good drinking beer. It's a good drinking beer, mm-hmm. yeah. That's all there is to it. Yep, that's right. So uh, that's what we're talking about. Oh, I, I did that wrong. You son of a gun. <laughs> oh, that again. You did. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. Justin, 
just in the, the couple minutes that we have been not on the air, my leg fell asleep and I have pins and needles and it like hurts now. <laughs> this is going to be a really weird news session. <laughs> God, it's like pins and needles. Stop it, Jake. I punched him in the arm because now your leg doesn't hurt anymore, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so we have uh, a big death this week. Um, a super, super sad death. Uh, John Carl Beekler died this week at the age of 66. Um, ooh, we had... Uh, we had touched on the fact uh, a couple weeks ago that he had been uh, battling cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, this week, unfortunately, uh, he lost his battle with it. Um, if you don't know John Carl Beekler, uh, kindly get the fuck out of here, because he's <laughs> literally done everything that you've ever heard of. Um, and little, uh, I truncated a, a good retrospective of his career that uh, Bloody Disgusting put up. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little paraphrased version of what they had said here. But um, he was the mind behind the monsters of the Ghoulies, Terror Vision, Troll, Cellar Dweller, the Garbage Pail Kids movie, and Dolls. He also worked on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Prison, uh, From Beyond, Reanimator, Ghost Town, and Trancers. He worked on all three series in the Holy Trinity of Horror, which is... Uh, First on Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master, where he was the man behind the chest of souls mm. that Freddy had, mm-hmm. and then also the giant pizza of souls, if you remember, <laughs> if you remember that. Um, and then he would go on to work on, uh, excuse me, he would go on to work uh, do the special effect designs and uh, whatnot for Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Mm. So he did that one. Then he would move on to do Halloween four and six, not the most well-respected movies in the franchise, uh, but he made Michael Myers' kills look amazing, which those movies are actually pretty good for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also would go on to direct Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, which is quite possibly the most important thing he's ever done because he introduced the world to Kane Hodder. He directed at, that? Yes. Oh, wow. He introduced the world to Kane Hodder as Jason. Nice. Which is... Like, like I said, that's that's horror royalty that's huge, right there. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. without him, we would not maybe have Kane Hodder Jason. Right. Um, he also uh, also after that he would go on to um, do the effects for Adam Green's Hatchet, the very mm. first version of uh, first version, first uh, uh, movie in the series yeah. in the Hatchet series, and then uh, he also played a role, the role of Jack Cracker as well uh, in that series. So he's just a massive, massive amount. If there's ever a horror hall of fame, he would be in the first class, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So huge, huge loss this year or this week rather for the, um, for the horror community. Um, Yeah. So rest in peace. John Carl Beekler. Yeah. All right. uh, We got a new stranger things three trailer and uh, it is a thing of beauty. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys just watched it, right? Yep. It, uh, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it looks uh, awesome. The, uh, the, the creature at the very end of it looks so good. Yeah. Like, I'm, I think, what I'm, the hell is it? I think I'm more excited for that than I was like the Demogorgon when I saw it the first time. So. <laughs> this one's called a Gemadorgon. <laughs> Dormagagon. <laughs> uh, it looks awesome though. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited for it, man. Like, yeah, it, it looks, it looks really good. There's like, uh, it's, there's a lot of like, uh, kind of throwback i did you pick up on the there was the uh the uh the lifeguard chick who looked like what was her name 
crap wendy wendy peppercorn or whatever from the sandlot oh no <laughs> man, i saw i saw i, I saw know if it was actually spo- why but... she was brunette not blonde but it had that kind of feel to it but man it looks so good yeah i'm I'm super excited about the prospect of it taking place in a mall yeah because i love things that take place in malls mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why i just i just do <laughs> i love that uh i love that steve and uh dustin still have this like dorky relationship i love that steve still has a quaff to end oh, yeah. all quaffs no of course <laughs> <laughs> um what's his face um uh mike what's what's that what's the the actor's name the kid who plays mike finn wolfhard no. finn, yeah finn no. wolfhard yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 he's starting to look like the singer from uh all american rejects a little bit i can Ty- see it tyson ritter is that his he's, name he's kind of, he almost is because he's the singer of a band yeah, he was, uh, he was in the new Weezer video. Oh yeah, that video uh, was cool. I like that. The video for uh, Take on Me, and it was his band that uh-huh. was in it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it looks good. I'm really excited. When is that? July fourth. July fourth. Yep. Well, I yep. know what I'm doing instead of celebrating the independence of our nation. Yep, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, so this is exciting. This is just released uh, ten hours ago. So this is breaking, breaking news. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter have officially announced that. Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music, yes. is greenlit, and it is going to be filming this summer. Yes. I am so excited. I think what I like even more so is the fact that Keanu Reeves has aged more than gracefully. And um, <laughs> Alex Winter, he looks like a California raisin. Like, <laughs> dude, it's a Christopher Walken if Christopher Walken was ugly. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, look, look at him. Look so, at him. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. he almost looks like he's got makeup on. He, he like he did not age well. Like he doesn't it kind of look like he's got makeup on that's meant to age him. Kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like when Johnny Knoxville dresses up like the bad grandpa. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you you know what, who else is like that? That's super mean of me to say, but <laughs> uh, uh, my fiance has been watching this show, Good Girls. You shouldn't and, say and that I, about your fiance. And I, <laughs> and I got into it, with, and I got into watching it with her, right? And Matthew Lillard is in there. Oh yeah, and man, he has. That's the first time I've seen him in like in a long time since like Scream, basically. Well, probably <laughs> all that heroin from SLC Punk really, really took its turn. <laughs> man, and he ate same thing. I said, "Oh my god, he looks like he has old man makeup on." Uh-huh. Yep. He, he also did. doesn't have it's eyebrows rough. anymore. It's really weird. He was on an episode of Drop the Mic. I've been obsessed with Drop the Mic lately. Oh, the rap battle, that rap battle yeah. TV show. Uh-huh. Um, have had a weird week and. Um, the, the the comedy of drop the mic has kind of, <laughs> has kind of saved me and got my mind off a lot of things and uh, I've watched probably five straight hours worth of rap battles over the last like two days. Some two of the celebrities are really good at. Some of them are really good. Uh, and, Matthew Lillard, not so much. Oh, was he on there? He was on there. <laughs> you said he doesn't have any eyebrows. It doesn't look like it. Either they're super they're super thin or super blonde, but I don't think that he was. A natural blonde, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Does but, the uh, carpet match the drapes? Uh, Who knows? Uh, he's got episodes in that show anyway. Or Ooh, I, yikes. I Let me You're see. not kidding. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what, though? He's probably, he's got to be in his mid to late 40s now, right? I guess, but I, he looks like 20 years I mean, older than I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, if, if, I look, if I look half that decent, because I'm not. I'm 34, and I already look like right. I'm in my 40s. But who knows? I mean, not to hate me. You know, he might have had some kind of medical things. We don't know. I haven't heard anything about him in a long time. So no, he's just old as balls. Okay. That's, all. <laughs> That's enough about him. All right. Now, moving on to another guy who's old as balls, Nicolas Cage. Uh, we, <laughs> who? We, we love... Nicholas Cage here on the Buzzkill podcast, just like everybody else does. 
And um, he is signed on to do another movie that, you guessed it, is batshit crazy. What? Um, he's just signed on to... Um, I, I'm just going to read you what this is. Um, uh, the film... Uh, what's it called? I can't talk here. There's... there's... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what else he did? So we're, we, he was, uh, we asked him a question. Like, what do you think about doing a harmony today on this uh, part? And he was thinking about it. And he goes... <laughs> just like that other audio clip we have of him yeah. on here when we're like we, we called it Mike singing <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, I yeah. love it okay. no, 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 no. go ahead okay so uh, he is going to be starring in a science fiction martial arts movie where he battles a giant alien invader yes with jujitsu yes it is when? called jujitsu <laughs> where it's <laughs> just called jujitsu the, the film features wow. uh, the Film features Alien Muse as a jujitsu fighter who every six years must face off against an alien invader, Brax. Cage's character teams up with him in the battle to defeat Brax. This is amazing. <laughs> I just love everything he's doing lately. He's just... I, I really I really fell off of the Nicolas Cage train. I think my uh I think my wife was a bad influence on me because she hates him so completely that like over the past eleven years of being with her I came to hate him too. Is she even a real person? Because No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but after Mandy and then and, and Mom and Dad and the the other movie that he's got coming out soon, what what the hell is that uh, one called? The, I can't. the color and the shape or something. Yeah. Like, not the color and the shape. The the color of shapes to come with. <laughs> I can't remember what it's I, I But what everything it's he's doing lately is so cool. Yeah, yeah. He's it, just he can do no wrong right now. Yeah, you know he's uh, he's found this weird niche where. He can just do the most off the wall, insane movies, yet it just works. He's, he's finally found he's, he's that. He's allowed to tap crazy. into his crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, David Boreanaz uh, teases. David Boreanaz. David Bore My Asses. How'd you say? Uh, uh, David Bore My Anus. <laughs> Bore My Anus. Uh, <laughs> his tease that something is in the works for the Angel 20 year anniversary. Mm. Uh, if you're anything like me, I was a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Angel fan when I was growing up. Uh, so David Boreanaz holds a special place in my heart. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is pretty exciting if you're... And a, your anus. And my anus. <laughs> uh, so if you're an Angel fan, uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Um, okay, so... What, you, that's that's it, though? That's Just it. something's coming? Like, is that's it going to be a TV movie? Or keep, uh, do you have any... Keep an eye open for it. All right. Keep your anus open for it, you know? <laughs> keep, keep your... No, I'm not going to say that. It's, too, it's like... It's too childish. Never mind. Keep going. Like that's ever stopped us before? Keep your brown eye open for it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Oh, You God. made me do it. Speaking of things that are terrible, uh, remember that really horrible sounding CBS Fox, or not CBS Fox, CBS Frankenstein show? Oh, uh, that we talked it was about called that Frankenstein, I got, right? That I got real upset about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it has been retitled to Alive. Oh, no. And it has a star. Yeah. That star is Ryan Phillippe. Playing the... Frankenstein. He's playing the monster? Or he's playing... This just... The monster. This just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I, I don't like Ryan Phillippe. Oh, you don't? I, no. I, we've we've I talked like about this him. before. I just think that he's a terrible actor. <laughs> oh, I don't. I really don't like him. I like him. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, though. Yeah, I just... Um, I don't but, know. But that doesn't... I don't think that he fits, like... I, he, he Not only is he playing like, Frankenstein, but he's sexy Frankenstein. Well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> if you throw a body together with a bunch of other parts, it's not going to come out looking like Ryan Phillippe. I mean, maybe if you're real fucking selective. <laughs> you got a, got, a, got a lot of really good-looking corpses laying around. 
who are pretty good at acting. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, John Carpenter's Tales from a Halloween Night. We mm-hmm. t- talked about this before. Uh, it was going to be a show on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. They uh, picked up the rights. It's dead. <laughs> Dead to rights, not happening. What? Uh, but for good reason, actually. But um, but the Ryan Philippi Frankenstein TV show is still gonna happen. Well, it sounds like it sounds like John Carpenter's people are the ones that pulled out of it. Yeah. So, you you have a smile on your face, like you're waiting for like some pull out joke. Or something. <laughs> just, I, I'm too childish. As soon as I heard you say pulling out, I I can't. Uh, I just right, can't. So, King's uh, King, the John Carpenter's producer Sandy King uh, explained that uh, Sci-Fi wanted Tales for a Halloween Night, but it quickly became evident that they just wanted the title. Uh, and I really saw a disaster on the horizon, so I went, "No, no, no, this is not a good idea." Uh, it was a greenlit series, but if it's not going to be something cool for the fans and for an eventual audience, then I don't think it's a good idea to do it. Uh, I think that we have a pretty good idea of what our fans want to see. It doesn't mean something can't be done, uh, but. Uh, can be done at its core. Uh, the people we work with have to respect horror fans and respect the genre. That's the core of it. Yeah. Not just respect the fact that horror right now makes money. Yeah. So they they pulled Good. out because it sounds like they just wanted the name and they wanted to take it over and whatever. So when, they they pulled. When are? Uh, and it's stupid. sci-fi you too. Got the fu- sci-fi is usually pretty good about that stuff. I know. Well, yeah. You know. But you got the master of horror. With a great title, yeah, the name's great. Yep. But let him let him do his thing. Like, don't fuck with it. It's yeah. John Carpenter. What are you gonna do that's better than him? Nothing. Stupid idiots. Good. I'm glad they pulled out. Stupid idiots. Um. All right. Uh, what's new on Blue James? That was anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Once again, this is handwritten because well, I forgot my iPad tonight, and also, you know. Things happen. Uh, UK-based 88 Films has announced their upcoming Anaconda Quadrilogy Collector's Edition Blu-ray set. Coming June 10th, the set will include Anaconda, Anaconda's, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid, Anaconda 3, Offspring. Starring the Hoff. Starring the Hoff. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. And Anaconda's Trail of Blood. I like how they went... Starring John Rice davies Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. How do you know these things? Because have you seen I these love movies? the Anaconda movies. You've seen the whole. All four? I've seen the first two. I have not seen oh. the off one, and I have not seen the John Rhys Davies one. But um, they uh, look amazing. I like how they went from singular to plural, and then back to singular, and then back to plural. Anaconda, Anaconda. Uh, is this supposed Anaconda, to make sense Anaconda's. for you? <laughs> no, not really. I just anyway. Does, uh, it, does it make sense <clears throat> that the Anaconda franchise is getting a beautifully done quadrilogy box set? Does it surprise me? No. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> what the hell is his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? John Voight? Yeah. His accent? Oh, it's so bad. And he was in The Hunt for the Blood Orchid, right? No, he was, or was in the first he, one. Oh, he was in the, the first, first one. one. Oh, my God, that accent was just terrible. And then when he winked at J-Lo after he gets oh, yeah. spit out of the anaconda? Oh, yeah. Just the worst. I love it. Uh, new artwork by Jeremy Paler, brand new special features, a bumper booklet, and uh, this whole thing will be limited to only 3,000 units. Mm. So jump on it. I kind of want one. Not going to lie. Uh, Joe Penna's Sub-Zero survival movie, Arctic, will be hitting shelves on April 30th, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Uh, Arctic stars Mads Mikkelsen as the sole survivor of a plane crash who must make the difficult decision of staying in his makeshift camp or trekking out into a frozen wasteland and the unknown with the hope of making it out alive. Uh, the release will also feature a deleted scene and two featurettes. Again, Arctic will hit shells on April 30th. Uh, IndieWire said that this is the like the best 
survival movie ever made. That's what I've heard. And Mads Milkson is just coming off of uh, Polar. Uh, Polar. Which, Polar and Arctic. Oh, oh. It's a theme. It's cold. My understanding of things is as remedial as it gets. So, uh, polar and Arctic, that means both things are cold, right? <laughs> just stay, just staring at hay barrels all day. Oh, my God. Well, if it's even half as good as polar, though, then... Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's awesome. obviously a completely different thing, but sure, Mads but... Mikkelsen is awesome, so yeah. why not? Uh, if you uh, So, last last thing I've got here. If you just can't wait to get some more Rob Zombie up in you... Australian company Umbrella Entertainment has you covered. In anticipation for the upcoming Three from Hell, Umbrella is releasing Two from Hell, a Rob Zombie double feature, which will include a Blu-ray release of both House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Uh, re-release, by the way. I should have said. Two from Hell drops on May 1st, will be loaded with extras from each film, and features brand new and very cool cover art. Yeah. And that's about it. Uh, the cover was really cool. You mentioned that it looks like a West Borland drawing almost. Yeah, it's it looks really like a cool. West Borland uh, drawing. So. Y'all, Bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> West Borland, uh, Detroit darling. Oh, yeah. Because he lives here now. He does. Um, okay, <clears throat> so my last bit of news here is uh, that Darren Bowsman, uh, you know Darren Bowsman who did Saw uh, 2, 3, and 4. Of course. Uh, he did uh, Repo, The Genic Opera, mm-hmm. uh, tons and tons of movies. Uh, Ab- was it Abattoir, that new movie? Newish movie Avatar do, wasn't that? Oh, his? Avatar! This is Avatar. I'm no, like, he did not do <laughs> no, Avatar. definitely not Avatar. <laughs> yes, uh, Avatar, Avatar was really good. Was really good. Avatar. He just did um, Saint uh, Agatha, I believe it was called. His nun exploitation movie. Nun exploitation. Um, I love. Thing? Oh yeah. Nun exploitation. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's a thing, huh? Um, yep. So anyway, uh, Darren Bowsman desperately wants to reboot the Leprechaun series. Mm. This is not necessarily new news, but with the re- the release of. Leprechaun uh, returns. returns on the Sci-Fi Channel over uh, over the St. Paddy's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, his, he rebrought it back up to the forefront and just remind everybody I would love to do it. Apparently, his idea for it is to take Leprechaun time traveling to the Old West. I like that during the middle of the Gold Rush, which mm-hmm. I think is beautiful. And uh, Scott Milliam, who was uh, one of his writing partners on this a little bit, they had thrown some ideas around. He, he chimed in with, remember we pitched it, and one of the things we really wanted was for William Shatner to play the store clerk, just so that he could be like, damn you, leprechaun! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's worth it just for that. Absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> so worth it. So, uh, Hollywood, please let him make this. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? And not to mention, Darren Bowsman's a pretty big director. Why would you not let him make a Leprechaun movie? Plus, horror movies based in the Old West are so cool. Oh, I agree. I love, love Old West. There's a, actually, I saw a trailer last week for a new Old West um, horror movie, and I can't remember for the life of me what it's called. So sounds like so you really left an so, indelible mark on you. So this doesn't this doesn't matter, <laughs> but it looked really cool. Whatever it was, I'll I'll find out what it is at the yep. break and let you know. Gotcha. All anyway, right. well that's that. All right, so that brings us to our stupid fact of the day. So this is going back many many a year, right? I, I don't have an exact year for you, but when there wasn't personal hygiene care products and makeup and all that ah, stuff, Tuesday. So <laughs> <laughs> because of this, as a result, men and women men and women used to develop acne scars and such by adulthood. So these women would spread beeswax all over their facial skin to smooth out their complexions. Yeah. And when they were speaking to each other, if a woman began to stare at another woman's face, she was told to mind your own beeswax. That's Hence where that comes where the from. phrase came from. No way. 
Okay. And should the woman have a smile that would crack from the beeswax cracking? The term crack a smile. Wow. Huh. You are just a wealth Look at that. of and, uh, useless and, information. And one more along with that. If they sat too close to a fire when they were keeping warm, the beeswax would melt. <laughs> Hence the term losing face. <laughs> Hence the term melt your face off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. There's our stupid fact. All right. Thanks, Jay. That was cool. Boom! That was the news. That was like three stupid facts. It was. All in one. All I in liked one. it. And are all three of them wrong? Are, are there going to be three corrections, <laughs> three corrections next week? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're making good time today, actually. Mm-hmm. 35 minutes in. We're already back onto the tofu. But uh, yeah, we're going to so take... we're just going to ramble for an hour and a half. Let's just sit here in silence for at least a good 30 seconds. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break and come back. And uh, when we do, we're going to talk about some DC movies that really jump kicked nothing. Jump kicked? Jump kicked? Jump kickstarted. Kickstarted. There we go. (laughs) Jump. There wasn't a lot of jump kicks in either movies either. I give up. Throughout this Dulce, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Back in 2014, Universal had the bright idea to re-jump re kick their uh, <laughs> re-jump kick their Universal yeah. their Universal monster <laughs> movies. Um, the idea was to update them and make them look you know look more updated, obviously, and have them be these big tentpole movies a la Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it did not work. And not only did it not work once, it didn't work twice. Um, now, that suffice it to say, though, uh, we liked both of these movies. Indeed, we did. Which is not a popular opinion. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It is not. Uh, more so, I think, for The Mummy than Dracula Untold. I think yeah. The Mummy was more, way more panned. Um, some people have actually heard talk about Dracula Untold, and they actually did like it. Like, it's just, it's a bad Dracula movie, but it's not a bad movie in general. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, from, we're going to start with Dracula Untold. Uh, so, from 2014, directed by Gary Shore. Uh, your synopsis here is that uh, as his kingdom is being threatened by the Turks, a young prince, Vlad Tepes, must become a monster feared by his own people in order to obtain the power needed to protect his own family and the families of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't tell, uh, this is tells the story of Vlad the Impaler becoming Dracula. Mm-hmm. It's an origin story. Imagine that. They started with an origin story. Um, you know, they, they went about this, I think, in, in the wrong way. Um, I think they told a a Dracula story that people didn't really care about. You know, you think that people don't care about the actual like Vlad the Impaler. I I think origin. I think that when you're reintroducing Dracula and you're it's a remake of the original Dracula starting this new series. Right. I I feel as though that starting with that origin story is just too Hollywood for Hollywood. You know, like. But it's the actual. I mean, like if you're thinking about it historically, because. Vlad the Impaler was a real person. Sure. And 
and people there was like there was he became a bit of a legend and people actually did talk about him drinking the blood of his enemies and yes. stuff like that that's that's the that's the actual backstory that like that's where the idea of dracula the vampire sure. came from sure so you think that people just don't care about that side of it like it's, being very historically well, it's not that what they did though excuse me what they did is they turned this this original dracula story that was like this gothic drama period piece mm-hmm. and they turned it into this lord of the rings middle earth dungeons and dragons type movie yeah it's more it's of a fan it's more of a fantasy movie not, than it is a gothic drama yeah it and, and it's, it's it's not dracula like it's not it's not i mean it is but it's not all at the same time. Right. This, is, this is the problem with, with I think, both movies. Um, not that I want to jump around too much, but they, instead of treating it like a horror franchise and, and celebrating the things that everybody loved about them, they basically turned these, these horror movies into tentpole action movies because they wanted to basically recreate what Marvel was doing with their cinematic universe. Right. Um, and with... with uh, the mummy even more so the mummy yeah. suffered because specifically something that marvel did or, or what they did because of marvel right um which is pretty interesting um and they, I, I just feel as though they didn't really ever have uh a big idea down for it when when dracula and told was first made it was supposed to be a standalone movie and they got the idea to turn it into a universe in like the 10th hour Oh, really? So nothing was really set up for us. So it was doomed almost to begin with because it wasn't really set up to be what it was. So even even with the uh, the kind of cliffhanger at the end, or I guess not really a cliffhanger, but the way that they set it up for subsequent installments, yeah. it, it wasn't originally supposed to be like not that? Not originally, no. That's why the scene at the very end that's tacked on that uh, has to do with modern day, yeah. that was not part of the original script. They did seems, that so that they could... It seems unnecessary yep you could even i mean you could have even ended it with showing him in modern times and just showing that he is eternal yeah and like he's living through you know like just like any other vampire he's living until the modern day but the fact that they ended it with um what was the other character's name the one played by uh the old guy uh charles dance uh just master vampire Vampire. the fact that the last line that you hear in the movie is let the games begin it's like oh okay so this is this is starting something completely new. So you could have just you could have just not showed him. Sure. Well, and, there's a reason that they did that though. There was a reason they did that. Yeah. Um, and before we get into it, we're we're really kind of jumping all over the yeah, place. Yeah, let's yeah. let's go back and talk about like who's in the movies. So people actually know who we're talking about. Yeah. And get through a little bit of the plot here before we start actually deconstructing it. Um, so you have Luke Evans uh, starring as Vlad. Uh, he plays the titular role. You have uh, Sarah Gaden who plays Morena, uh, who is his wife. Mm-hmm. Then you have Dom- uh, Dominic Cooper who plays. Uh, Mehmed. Mehmed. I'm reading this. I'm like, Mehmed. Mehmed. Mehmed, who is basically Vlad, Vlad's adopted brother, well, so to speak. He's the uh, the ruler of the Turkish kingdom. Yeah. And they, they grew up together. It's a very biblical story, actually. Is it? It's the, sto- it's the story of uh, um, uh, Moses and the, the, the Pharaoh. When Moses comes back to free the slaves or whatever. And... Was, was Moses raised with? Yes. Was he? Yeah, because remember Moses was put in the... Uh, it was Moses, right? He was put in the basket, and he was put in the river, and then the 
they they uh was that moses oh was it moses i'm pretty sure it was moses See, this is, this is, i'm not even this the is, religious one here this you guys is where, are supposed to know this, this is where jansen would have been uh, <laughs> jancy pants was actually supposed to be on the show tonight yes. and he got sick so he couldn't be here this would have been a question for him yes. because that he was, absolutely would have known 99.9 percent sure that was moses sure okay but it's basically that story though he was raised by this this ruling family or whatever and then left and then came back and they fought and whatever right. okay. so, so this is a very sort of biblical story uh, in a certain sense. Um, and then you have, like like you said, uh, Charles Dance, who played the master vampire, uh, who gives Vlad, basically, uh, his power. Um, A.K.A. Tywin Lannister, if you uh, if you don't know who Charles Dance is. Who? From Game of Thrones, Tywin, oh, gotcha. Tywin Lannister. No, wait, he was in Game of Thrones? Imagine that. No. This movie basically <laughs> could have been an episode of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, so long. basically the plot, yeah, you have Vlad, who comes back to uh, lead his people. After being the most notorious, uh, as you heard from the uh, intro uh, this week, uh, he was like this notorious killer. He he got the name Vlad the Impaler because he would put all of his uh, victims up basically on stakes and mm-hmm. impale them into the sky. And uh, <laughs> super brutal and stuff. This, this was when he was fighting for the Turkish yes. uh, kingdom. Like he was... He was uh, not really adopted. It was almost kind of like the the Turkish ruler came in and basically said, "You have to give me all of your young boys so that I can turn them into soldiers." Yes. And he became the most notorious soldier. He was just ruthless and bloodthirsty, yeah. and became somewhat of a like a character of folklore because yeah. as legend. soon as became a legend. yeah, as soon as other armies would see him, they would like turn and they knew what he was capable yeah, of. Yeah, they would turn uh, and run away. Yeah. So he's now leading uh, his own people. And uh, the Turks come and basically say, "We need a thousand of your, uh, of of your of your sons to, yeah. to do this program again." And um, his son act- ends up getting uh, caught up in that. And it's, rather than give over his son or any of the sons to the Turks, he slaughters the party which is coming t- to get them. I love that scene, by the way. Oh, it's so good because he's gonna give his son up, and then uh, um, the guy I I can't remember what his name was, but. Um, might have been Hamza Bay. Uh, he's he's just like he's like I'm I'm surprised that you didn't you know I, I was expecting more of a fight out of you because Vlad was just gonna hand over his son yeah. because he thought it was for the good of his kingdom. Um, because they obviously his tiny kingdom can't really compete against the Turkish Empire. Sure. So the guy's like, well, I was I was looking forward to a little bit of fight from you, and at that point he remembered back to when his father gave him up so readily to to the turkish empire and so he's like nah fuck that <laughs> when he when he he tells his son to run back to his mother and then he grabs that guy's own sword and chops both of his arms off and then slices him across the face and yeah. kills him and then dispatches the rest of his little so, and party he, there. And then when he's done, he walks back to his people and they're just like, oh, fuck, what'd you do? <laughs> you have screwed us. Yep. Uh, it was a really, really good scene. So at this point, though, he knows that he needs to find a way to protect his people. And he recalls uh, that earlier in, in the movie, they were traveling through the mountains and they came across a cave and there was this monster inside this cave that had killed a whole bunch of Turks. And so on, he th- on Broken Tooth Mountain, right? Broken, so it was called? Yeah, I think it was something like that. So he goes up there and he goes, Well, I know what kills Turks. And so he went up there basically, I don't know, seeking help or seeking something from some monster. Yeah. Um, it's fucking he's Dracula, so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> um so he goes there and this is where he meets the master vampire, uh, Charles Dance. And I 
I couldn't help but laugh a little bit at the Master Vampire. Why? Because he reminded me of, and I cannot place what movie this was, but there was a movie, maybe it was like The Waterboy or something like that, where Steve Buscemi's in it and he's got like the crazy googly eyes with like the uh, with the leather like aviator cap on. That's only in movies? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about though? What um, is that from? The one where I think the it, I don't think it's an aviator cap. I think it's a like a hunter's flap cap. Is that what it I is? I think it's in uh, Mr. Deeds. Is probably what you're thinking about. Maybe sure. Yeah, this is what the master vampire reminded me of because he wore <laughs> well because he wore that stupid cap on his head that made him look like it just it made it made me think of Steve Buscemi for some strange reason. I don't know why. He didn't have a cap on. Yes, did he? he did. Oh yeah, he did. I gotta look up pictures. Yeah, he had like I, a weird I black. Just, I thought he was just bald headed. No, no, he has a weird black like shawly hat looking thing on. Oh, okay. And it just, it just looked weird. I don't remember but, that. But um, I wasn't a big fan of how he looked. Uh, I, I, I didn't like the fact that he had this that this stupid extending CG uh, um, jawline and this big tongue came out. Like it was very the strain. Have you ever watched? Guillermo del Toro's The Strain on FX. It was very similar. I to haven't, that. but I know what you're talking about. And that was actually the only part that I didn't like too. The whole interaction, uh, which is a part of what you heard in the intro, that whole interaction I really loved. Though. Yeah, it was really, the, really the good. The writing was cool. Like some of the things that he said to him. Like one of the lines. One of the lines that he said that I really loved was, uh, uh, "What kind of man crawls into his own grave in search of hope?" I was yeah. like, "Damn, that's a badass line," because he basically. He had already confronted this vampire once and in the lived. movie, and his other two uh, companions had had died, and he got away. And, and then he came back, and the vampire's like, "Nobody ever comes back. Yep. Like, why would you? Why would you come back to this place?" Yep. And he's he says uh, he says like most men smell of fear, but you smell of hope. And then he delivers that line. I was like, "Damn, that's cool." Yeah. He um. So he goes in there, and the master vampire basically explains to him how. Uh, how he became who he was, and that if he he can give him his powers, and if he can if he can abstain from feeding for three days, he'll go back to being a mortal man. However, if he feeds, then he becomes a vampire for the rest of his life, and it sets the master vampire free. It's like a exchange of which I never knew that was part of the mythology. I don't know if that was made up for this or not. I yeah, I don't I don't really know. I'm, I've never heard of that mythology for vampires. That, I used like to read about master. vampires a lot, but I knew I I I always thought it was like once you were sired by a vampire, like once you were turned, you were pretty much you know the undead. Yeah, like it didn't it didn't matter. And the master whether, vampire just stayed a vampire though. He yeah. didn't get like freed or anything. I thought that was a little bit weird. And then there's they make it. Very confusing at the end, too, actually. Why? Well, because we already mentioned at the very end scene, the master vampire is the one that's there, and he goes, let the games begin. Yeah. How is he still alive? If he was freed and became immortal, how is he still alive after all these years, too? Well, no, he explains to him that if you feed, then I'm freed from this cave, and I'm I then I can basically bring my, bring my wrath upon the world. So he's still a vampire. It's just that his... his that portion of his curse where he's bound to that cave is no longer in effect. Gotcha. He can leave the cave and now basically go out and feed freely and How do whatever he wants. How are they out in sunlight at the end, too? Oh, they are they're out just in walk, sunlight, They're just walking they? around, like, France or something. SPF 5000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit confused. We're jumping again, though. Um, so basically, uh, Vlad gets the power and takes out a whole bunch of Turks. And um, that's that's it. He ends up feeding to save 
or his wife ends up perishing and his wife says feed off of me to finish the job basically and and that's there's no way she'd still be alive by the way she just she she fell like a half a mile to the ground maybe he caught her just in time so that's kind of what i was thinking (laughs) there were some pretty cool fight scenes though like um I, like the scenes where he was battling like a hundred, like a thousand guys, those yep. were that was really cool. I liked, I really liked the way how he could, like any time he would begin to move really fast, he would just burst into a thousand bats. That was like really I, cool. I thought that I liked, was pretty cool. I like that effect a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of him turning into just one bat, it right. was like like he a whole into a horde whole, of bats. Whole Gaggle of flying bats. Whole gaggle of bats. There's got to be a name for a group of bats. Yeah. A um, herd of bats. A herd of bats. <laughs> the flock, a flock of bats. A flock of seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the um, the vampire vision that I thought looked really really cool too. Uh, where like oh, you the, the X-ray sort of vision, like heat. It's like sonar, actually, is what it was. Oh, like, they, well, that, was, I, that would make sense since yeah, he's they, a bat. Basically, they tried to visualize what it would look like for a bat to see with sonar. Yeah, and it turned into this vampire vision thing. Uh, Thought that was really really cool. A group of bats is called a colony, by the way. Oh, a colony. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not near as fun. Yeah, it's not very <laughs> very cool. <laughs> I like gaggle better. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that's that's basically the movie. You know, it, it's very Lord of the Rings ish. It's very fantasy. It's very. I told you that this movie felt less like a Dracula movie and more like a live action Castlevania movie. Yeah. Um, which granted, Dracula is a part of that, but it's a different <clears throat> version, different narrative, whatever. Right. Um. I think one of the reasons that this didn't hold out is because if this would have been just a standalone movie that was about Dracula but was not like a reboot of the Dracula series, Mm -hmm. I think that it would have fared a lot better. Being that this was supposed to be the the start of a new universal... The the universal monsters, the most coveted horror franchises of of all of time. Right. And this is what you get at first. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, something doesn't fit here. It's not right. It's not the right tone. It's not the right story. It's not the right thing to kick off a universe like that. Well, because uh, like, you know? we talked about it last night. Like, Dracula, when you're thinking of, uh, you know, the, the like the Bela Lugosi Dracula, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a gothic, uh, like a goth- gothic thriller, I guess would you call it a thriller? Or drama, a gothic drama. drama. It's, it's a gothic drama for sure. And it was very sexy and like and and just sort of it wasn't i don't know it just i I think packing it with action was like was kind of a weird move well it was like that but that almost seems like what you have to do to to maintain your maintain the focus of the audience nowadays you know yeah yeah and like i said you know universal i think saw what marvel was doing and they go well we have these franchises why can't we do it Mm -hmm. and they haphazardly tried to throw together a franchise right and you know Unfortunately, that's just not the way that it works. You know, Marvel has Marvel has a secret weapon in a guy named Kevin Feige, who is in charge of everything. It's one singular vision, one singular person calling all the shots, and that's that. You know, a lot of these, you have this, you have this um, Universal Monsters dark universe they tried to do, the DC universe they tried to do. None of them worked because there was the focus wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what this was. They tried to basically slop together the shared universe, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Which is why they started. Which is why they tried to reboot it with the Mummy, mm. which had a lot better ideas as far as that's concerned. But yeah, but still failed, failed miserably <laughs> as far as a beginning jump off point for a series. Right. Um, 
this uh, interestingly enough, Charles Dance's uh, Master Vampire, um, he is revealed in the original script as the Roman Emperor Caligula. Oh, really? Now, I don't know what his story is in in real history. Yeah, I know very very little. Have you ever seen the movie? No. I've never seen the movie I don't either. know if they, if he has ties to vampire lore or not. I've never heard of that before. I don't think so. But apparently, in an early draft of the film, uh, the Master of Vampire was planned to re- uh, was planned to be revealed as the Roman Emperor Caligula. It was dropped with the intention of revealing it in a sequel if the film became a part of the Universal Dark Universe shared series. Mm-hmm. So basically, they it was there, but they took it out so they could save that for... A sequel, yeah. which is exactly how they set it up at the end of the movie. Right, uh, end of the movie. Obviously, Dracula is now Dracula, and it fast forwards to present time, and he, like I said, for some reason, is walking out in the sunlight, which he couldn't do before. Yeah, I don't really. I, I didn't even about think that. about that. I don't, was it overcast? I, <laughs> it might I, have been I overcast. Know. But uh, you have the master vampire though. It follows him, and like you said, he goes let the games begin. So they're clearly setting it up for a sequel we'll never get. Yeah. Um, Which so, um, as a standalone movie, like we said, mm-hmm. I, I actually i I liked the movie. I, it wasn't a bad movie. I think it was tonally it was wrong for you know like the the jumping off point for a for a, a dark universe or you know the classics the the classic uh universal monsters yep. tonally it was all wrong as a standalone movie i liked it so i was frustrated when i saw the end and i saw that the, they were leaving it open for a sequel and i'm like well now i want to see the sequel <laughs> but i never will dracula told told That's... <laughs> and then dracula retold <laughs> So there's, I, there's it's, your trilogy for you. So it's kind of frustrating, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it just was not thought out. You know, it wasn't. If like I said, if this was a standalone just story about Dracula, it'd be a completely different thing. Right. But when you are saying that this is the this is the reboot of Dracula, mm-hmm. then like like we like we're talking in circles a little bit, but like you you can't do that, and that is why this failed. That's mm-hmm. why critically it was a little bit panned. That's why. It wasn't accepted as this start, and and just like in typical Hollywood, every fucking story has to have an origin story now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they did it with they did it with Iron Man. They did it with uh, how many times have done it with Batman? They've done it with you know. It's like every story they feel the need to have to have this origin story. And it's like no, everyone knows the character. You don't need to do that. Well, and also you you have to consider your you have to consider your base, which Marvel has obviously been very successful at appeasing their base because they they made movies that were uh accessible to everyone uh-huh. but they also pleased the diehards the the diehards which <laughs> they they did that wrong with this because they tried to make it they tried to make it into this action adventure fantasy movie when you have to still appeal to your base which is horror fans all about that base, about that base. All your base are belong to us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like, you can't, uh, you still have to, like, if you wanted to try and set up this shared universe, which is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think I think the idea of a universal monster shared universe is really cool, but yeah. at the same time, the, you have to you have to respect your, your source material, and it, we talked about that last night, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and we know that it can work, because the Monster Squad did it in one movie. 
Exactly. So we know it works. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's Dracula Untold. It, it, it's it's not a bad movie, especially if you like fantasy movies mm-hmm. and action movies. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it quite a bit. Uh, one of the things before we move on, one of the things that did frustrate me though, I get I get how people felt about demons and monsters and stuff mm-hmm. back then, but Vlad had made this really hard decision to become a vampire to save his to save his 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 uh, kingdom. Yeah from the Turks and that was a that was a tough decision like he he basically knew that he was he was kind of facing eternal damnation mm-hmm. but he did it anyway just to save his people and then when they fled to that uh, monastery in the hills one of the monks saw that he wouldn't go into the sunlight and kind of figured, figured out, out that yeah. he was a vampire and then as soon as they figured out he was a vampire they tried to burn him alive inside of a building and I'm like, I'm like, this seems a little like this <laughs> it's a little extreme here, like, guys. Slow things down a little bit. He just saved all of you. He took on a, an army of a thousand people mm-hmm. by himself for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't set him on fire right away. Let him explain what the hell is going on. You know. He's like Jesus. I was like, damn it, people. Like, just <laughs> just keep a cool head just for a few minutes and let him. And then you know he walked out and he was. He walked. See, that was another thing. Like by the end of the movie, he seemed like he was able to control the weather. Yeah. He was able to bring on cloud cover so that he could walk outside. So why didn't he just do that then? I guess maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't have his full powers by then or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, real quick before we move on, though, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, they with the way the vampires died in this movie was really cool. Their bodies just like disintegrated, mm. sort of, but like in a really weird visceral sort of way, and I thought that was really really cool. Um, he creates a little vampire army mm-hmm. at, at the end to take out the rest of the Turkish army, mm-hmm. and then, like you said, he controls the weather and takes them all out, including himself. No, yes, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he, okay. he takes I, himself for out for a but... quick for a quick second. I thought that I was thinking of the mummy. I'm like, crap, I'm mixing my movies <laughs> up. Um, tries to do it himself, but then he ends up his soul stays alive or something like that and he's brought back to life by like this vagrant just watch watch the movie it makes sense I swear. well it's essentially just the guy knows that if he, he if he sacrifices his own blood to him he, he will come back to life yeah. because the soul is eternal or whatever yeah um but but yeah, like, what, what do you mean like the way the you said that the the way the vampires die yeah they just like they, they kind of like fall apart like when the sunlight hits them or um I don't know. It, it's like weird. It's like their bodies just sort of fall apart in this it, weird, it wasn't flaky, like, like fleshy kind yeah, of way. Yeah, like in 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 a lot of uh, vampire movies, they'll 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 either just like you'll you'll kind of see them their turn skin sort of like yeah like like burning, and then they'll just turn into dust. But this one, it actually looked like there was pieces of flesh just sort of floating away mm-hmm. into the wind. It was really cool. Yeah, <clears throat> I liked it a lot. But uh, anyway, like I said, that's that's Dracula Untold. We recommend it. I we both enjoyed yeah, it. I I liked it. Like we both said, as far as the dark universe goes, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right tone. But as far as just a standalone movie, I I liked it. I yeah, thought it was pretty I, cool. I agree. I agree. Um, so moving on to the Mummy from 2017. Now fast forward. They at this point they had basically said that Dracula Untold will not be a part of the universe. They they realized that they had screwed up by not really putting enough effort and time into planning out what their dark universe was going to be. So uh, they they go, you know what, screw it. We're gonna we're gonna scrap that one and we're going to re restart, re kickstart the dark universe with the mummy. 
And this is going to be the one where we start, you know, uh, introducing other characters. We're going to lay down the groundwork and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Jamming huge stars down your throat. <laughs> yes, which I have also mixed feelings about. Yeah. Um, so this is directed by Alex Kurtzman. Uh, he was the producer of um, the new Star Trek movies, all three of those. Mm. Uh, the Cowboys and Aliens. He did tons of TV, Star Trek, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Fringe, Alias, tons of stuff. Um so yeah, so your synopsis here is that an ancient Egyptian princess is awakened from her crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malev—I uh, can't say that word—malevolence. Mal- malevolence. Malev- malevolence. I can't Mal- say that word. Malevolence. Malevolence. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> bringing with her malevolence, there you go. grown over millennia, and terrors that defy human comprehension. It was a malevolent millennia. It was a malevolence millennia. God, I. <laughs> I don't know. Words are hard. Uh, uh, a benevolent malevolence, or malevolent benevolence. No, I'm not even <laughs> going to try to say that. So this movie is starring uh, Tom Cruise as uh, oh, there Nick, you go. Nick Morton. Good old, good old Tommy Cruise. There was your first mistake. You have uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe playing Henry Jekyll. That name sounds familiar to you. It should. Um, uh, Annabelle Wallace, who plays Jenny Hazley. Um, mm, Sophia Batella, who plays Aminette. <laughs> <laughs> so fine. There. <laughs> and then you have Jake Johnson, who playing Sergeant Vale. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, we thought, or I thought, when we were talking about this the other day, like, why would where's where's Emotep? If you are rebooting the Mummy, mm. where's Emotep? Mm-hmm. Like, why he he was the main character of the Mummy, the first Mummy movie. Why, if these are supposed to be the universal monsters, where's our universal mummy? It's Imhotep. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh, Aminette. And, and Aminette was, was a fine character for all intents and purposes. Yeah, she was. But <laughs> I was a little bit confused about that until I actually realized that this plot wise, this movie is very, very, very similar to the original. All they did was gender swap mm-hmm. the thing, and everything else is exactly the same. Yeah, because uh, in the original one, it's it's Emotep was brought back to life after so many years, and he's trying to. It's a, basically a love story, mm-hmm. and he's trying to resurrect uh, his bride or his princess mm-hmm. uh, from damnation or whatever. Right. Same thing that she's trying to do to the the dude. Well, her intentions are a little. Intentions are a little different, but it's the same idea. She's yeah. just she's trying to get him back to life. Um, so it's it's actually way more similar than I than I had originally given it credit for. Um, and there's, actually, there's a lot more similarities as well. I actually liked the the gender swap. Like I I thought that it worked well for the story because of the the backstory in this one is Aminet is uh, uh, the princess and her father is the ruler of this kingdom and she's basically next in line. Yeah, but then he ends up having a son. So automatically she gets pushed down in the in the in the bloodline or yeah. whatever and power is not given or power is not earned, it is taken. Right, which is her mantra. So she um, she decides after this little baby boy is born that she's going to take out her dad, she takes out the baby and the mother and then she decides to embrace the 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 dark like uh the the evil and she's going to bring back um, what was his name? Set. Yep. Set, which is basically like the 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 ruler of the underworld or or death or whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. So she decides that in order to rule this kingdom, she's got to take out her whole family, bring back this 
devil, devil, this, this, devil. this evil demon, <laughs> this devil, and uh, and and that's how she's gonna rule the kingdom. But things go awry mm-hmm. for her, and uh, and and some some of the the king's. Uh, some of the king's followers decide to take her out and then they mummify her alive, which is terrible. God, um, would that be see, awful or what? See, here's here's one of my first problems with this. Is that she was not mummified because mummifying, the, the process of mummification means to remove all like moisture from the body. So they technically speaking didn't mummify her. That's true. At all. They just buried her alive wrapped in toilet paper. That's <laughs> that's essentially what happened. Wait, hold on. What do you mean what do you mean removing all moisture? Uh part of the mummification process. I don't know the actual mummification process. Yeah, so, part, so of, learn, part of learns me here. Lear, learns me. Learns me. Uh part of what it is is that uh part of the mummification process, it involves removing all moisture from the body. Uh, they remove like all of your organs through like your nose. Like one of the main, like one of the more famous things that they remove your their brain. Take like, your brain out nose. through your nose. They yeah. remove all the organs. They put them in jars and they salt. I I don't think it's, they they might not salt it, but they do something to basically drain, suck all the moisture. Sucks out of all the, the moisture yeah. out of the body. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that mummification works is because the body is preserved preserved at that point. Well, so they didn't technically mummify her at all because she was alive. So they were they were using the uh, they were using the idea of just wrapping her in cloth as like a as a kind of a cover all term for mummifying. Uh, yeah. Basically, they just buried her alive yeah. wrapped in cloth. But it makes sense though because when she comes out of there, she's not she doesn't look like a mummy. She looks like a body who's been decomposing for five thousand years. Well, at that point, yeah. Yeah, although you'd probably just be straight liquid by. By then, wouldn't you? I, I guess she was encased in mercury, so that's true. I mean, I don't know what mercury would do after that many years. <laughs> so, uh, basically, come out looking like a dime. <laughs> <laughs> basically, you you have uh, you have Tom Cruise, Nick Morton, and uh, Jake Johnson, Sergeant Vale. It's kind of like after you see this intro where uh, where um, Aminette takes out her family mm-hmm. and gets mummified alive uh it comes to present day and you're introduced to these two characters and basically they're are they actual military i can yeah i guess i guess Vale is sergeant Vale, so they're military but they're almost like they're reconnaissance they go ahead of the military and they scout locations and whatnot and they're in plain clothes because they probably can't be seen as military right but and then, remember they're in they're in uh uh the Arab garb and all that, you know, they yeah. have like the robes on and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they're, they're, they, they're so not only are they reconnaissance, but they they have they've got kind of a side hustle where the they go hunters. in and they loot treasure and sell it on the black market. So when they first see this this area that they they have a map that uh, Tom Cruise has stolen from uh, the woman that he slept with recently, who is uh, Annabelle Wallace's character, Jenny Halsey. Yep. And they're gonna go in because they think that there's treasure somewhere in this little uh, in this little outpost, and they get fired upon for like five minutes with fully automatic weapons and never get hit once. Not once. Not once. And terrible aim those those <laughs> Iraqis have. <laughs> Grenades going off everywhere, and and then one little drone strike with one little missile sends all the Iraqis. I'd be. Running for the hills. I'm pretty scared too, though. There's well, I suppose I would falling too. from the sky. But then that that drone strike unveils this uh, this Egyptian tomb, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be there because they're in the middle of Iraq. Yep. 
Um, and then Jenny Halsey comes in and she's like, oh my God, this is Egyptian. We got to go in and find out. She's a, she's an archaeologist, yeah. right? So they go but down. It, it sounds like she works. You, you get the impression that she works for a military though. It sounds like it, but then it turns out she's actually working for somebody else later yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they find, they find Aminet's sarcophagus. They take it. Uh, again, again. Also, really, really, never would in a million years would happen. First off, you don't take antiqu- antiquities out of foreign countries like that. That just would not happen. Right. Especially Absolutely, a, especially a giant sarcophagus. Yeah, would not happen. Also, any archaeologist worth their salt wouldn't even touch anything down there <laughs> until everything was properly like cataloged and everything right. else. And they, there's, they wouldn't just airlift a sarcophagus out of a, a newly discovered <laughs> hole. That no, <laughs> so unbelievable. <laughs> now, one of the things I did like were uh, because when they when they found this tomb, there are like if you if you look into like uh, Egyptian burial sites and stuff mm-hmm. like that, there are certain things that are put in place, and Jenny mentions kind of the direct opposite of it. She's like, "There's no there's no jars, like there's no provisions," because a lot of times in these Egyptian tombs. They'll put provisions in jars next to the sarcophagus, and that's for the basically the uh, the, the spirit of the of the dead person it's for their to, journey in the afterlife. Right? Basically, yeah. She's like, "There's none of that. It's for some reason there's a pool of mercury surrounding this entire thing, and then it has five gi- giant um, what are those things called? They look like oh, uh, yeah, the, they, the, like the Anubis. Statues. Yeah, they look yep. like Anubis statues and." Instead of facing away to protect anybody who might be coming at the sarcophagus, they're facing inward. Sure, you know, which kind of makes her think they're they're guarding this thing from getting out. So, all of that put together, you would think maybe we shouldn't touch this thing. You would think, but they do it anyway. It makes a little bit more sense later when you realize who she's actually working for, though. Right. Uh, or they could have just not tried to find her and left her there, and none of this would have happened. <laughs> yeah. That seems yeah. like it would have made a lot more sense. Everything would have been just fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's I, let's jump ahead. We're basically we're we're basically going through the entire plot right now. Yeah, um, no, she comes back. Some shit ensues. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they airlift they airlift the sarcophagus. Uh, Sergeant Vale ends up kind of under a trance, uh-huh. and he becomes a weird character. He's like he's almost like uh, I did not like his character. Oh, um, the the character uh, the character in uh, a werewolf in London. An American werewolf in London. American yeah. werewolf in London. Like the, he's the dead guy who comes back, and he's sort of like the the harbinger, like the harbinger, but also the guide for the other guy. Yeah, Alex, and that's that's kind of the role that Sergeant Vale ends up playing in this, which yeah, is sort of weird. Alex Kurtzman actually said that he was influenced a lot by American Werewolf in London. Oh, did he really? And that was pretty much a direct uh, ode to that movie mm. and that character. Now that being said. Um, I really, really sort of disliked Jake Johnson's character in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't think that it fit. He basically was playing the comedic T.J. Miller type role, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, for this movie. Yeah. And I just didn't think that there was a place for that character in this movie. And that character wasn't really needed. It, no, not at, at all. all. It was literally, he was there just for... Just for comedic relief. I feel like, That's well, it. first of all, I like Jake Johnson a lot. Um, so do I. I. I think he's, I think he's funny. Um, and he was, he was decent in the movie, but like you said, the character wasn't really needed. And so, if he served as comedic relief, it would be one thing if you just had one guy serving as comedic, comedic relief. But Tom Cruise's character 
also had a lot of like kind of funny one-off lines and stuff like that and i was like you know i was like else, you know what else you, did? you have like it's it's too much like there's too much comedy going on in this movie you know you know who else did who tony stark huh in the marvel movies i keep going uh, back to them but tony stark also had a lot of yeah. sort of funny roles mm-hmm. they did a really good job of adding humor into it mm-hmm. and they what they i feel like what they were trying to do and they go well this all this this whole idea worked for marvel let's just see what they did and copy it yeah and it just doesn't work like uh-huh. it, it doesn't it they made it made for a, a, a decent movie but like it just doesn't work in terms of the type of movie that they were i don't know that not that they were trying to make but what people were expecting you know what i'm saying like it wasn't yeah um it's like well because they were trying to create a universe here and now so like we talked about just like with dracula untold as a as a as as a standalone movie i actually like this movie yeah but they quite obviously in this movie were setting it up for the universe because they had they had uh, not only tom cruise's character and then uh, jake jake johnson's character was back at the end because now tom cruise has you know like special powers Mm -hmm. But you've got, uh, uh, um, yeah, Doctor Jekyll. They introduce Doctor Jekyll. They've got the mummy who she's buried in. She's in her sarcophagus, surrounded by mercury again. But you got to imagine they were probably planning on bringing her back again at some point in time. So they pretty obviously were setting this up for the arrival of the dark universe, like the actual real shared universe. But when you put it all together, and you've got jake johnson back in the mix so now as a part of the dark universe you're always going to have those two kind of competing for the comedic light you know what i mean yeah i mean they're not going to be in every movie either no they're not going to be in every movie but i but anytime they pop up i i just like i said i feel like it was too much comedy like either have jake johnson do what he does best which is be a funny guy and have tom cruise do what he does best and be the action-packed like you know, superhero guy. Uh-huh. Don't have them both be. I just, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was, it was too much. There was too much like wackiness going on. It's, you know what I mean? The thing is this though. It's not that it couldn't have worked because it worked very, very well in the original Brendan Fraser mummy movies, which is, a, which is, a, I think, more so what they were trying to remake in this movie yeah. rather than the original. The plots are decently similar, but the Brendan Fraser mummy uh, movie absolutely turned it into an action flick. Mm hmm. And that's what they tried to reboot here, as opposed to the, to the more like again horror sort of themed original. Right, um, but but the Brendan Fraser movies were the the Mummy movies were just that they were just the Mummy. They weren't trying to tie in an entire you know. Which is why they worked better. You're right. Um, now, granted, those movies are also, according to Kurtzman, are canon. Really. Uh, at the time of making this, yeah, and actually, the Book of the Dead that they had in the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies mm-hmm. with the scarab on the front, you know, yeah, yeah, that's actually in this movie. Oh, it is. There's a scene where um, uh, uh, Hazley, uh, she Halsey. or Halsey's rather, uh, she's hitting one of the goons over the head with something mm-hmm. in Doctor Jekyll's oh, office, and yeah. that's what she has is the okay. book, and she clobbers him with it. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, there's also some other Easter eggs. You have the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Gill Man's Gilman. arm that's floating in the water. You you have like a, a, a vampire skull hanging on the wall. So they, they really did add a lot of stuff in this movie to sort of build this world. Mm-hmm. And I thought for all intents and purposes, they did a fine job of that. Like I said, it it's the same thing, and we keep harping on this, but it's the same thing that Dracula Untold did. They made a movie 
that did not fit the source material mm-hmm. and and your diehard horror fans did not accept it they right. didn't want it they didn't want to see tom cruise in the lead of this movie mm-hmm. which i also sort of am torn on because even though i would have much rather not seen tom cruise in there as well you have to imagine or keep in mind back in the day universal those universal monster movies were like the biggest movies of that era right they're these big huge what would be considered now tentpole movies mm-hmm. and they had their biggest stars boris karloff played two different monsters right uh bella lugosi was in tons of those movies you know they had all their big stars in them but and the, so think but at the same nowadays, time those at the same time those were those were the originals so you're uh Crap! I just lost my I lost my thought. I had a rebuttal to that, but I can't think of what I. <laughs> like saying that if these were original movies and Tom Cruise was in them, they'd be fine. Well, oh, so so those those were the originals. So like you're now you're now dealing with like uh, so like us and other people like us who are fans of the the original source material, and you're trying to sell this to us. Yeah. We don't really we don't really look at it these days as the the, the old Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff movies. We don't look at those as tentpole, true giant blockbuster movies because we weren't around back then. We just look at them as the classics, and because those are the classics and those are the source material, we want the new ones to line up a little more closely with the source material. I think true. that's where they lost a lot of the horror community uh-huh. because they seemed like they were kind of bastardizing the source material and turning it into these crazy blockbuster like Michael Bay action flicks, yeah. you know what I mean? Mindless sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's just I I I I thought it I thought it was a good movie. It was fun. Like I really enjoyed watching it, but for what they were trying to Hollywood do, it popcorn yeah. action romp which is not which is not with the universal no. monsters they deserve better than that especially when they say they call it the dark universe like that tells me it's dark and brooding and it's going to be the gothic and scary right none of these movies were that right like if you go Explosion, back to the, explosions are not dark <laughs> like if you go back to the old uh like um the Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie. Oh, it was great. That was dark and yeah, scary. Yeah, that was done. Or if, the or the or the Robert De Niro Frankenstein movie. That was dark and scary. Mm-hmm. Like like make a make a universe based off of those movies because sure. they still they were in line with that like gothic horror kind yep. of feel. You know. Yeah, I mean, and to go back to Dracula, since we're sort of talking about it as a whole now, like go back to Dracula. You know, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. With uh, was, um, is Gary Oldman with Gary Oldman yeah. and uh, it was one of it's 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 I think it's hands down my favorite like gothic drama of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. Yeah. It's it's a masterpiece. Right. It is a that is what Dracula should be like. like right. That right there, that is a Dracula movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to do more with the character beyond that, then so be it. But like when you are establishing a character for a new world that you're that you're forming. You need to lead, and the same thing with the mummy here, with the same thing with Dracula. Like, you need to lead with your best foot forward, and trying to reinvent the wheel is not doing that. Right. You know, trying trying to just force force something that you think your audience is going to like because that's what sells and makes money is not going to mm-hmm. to work. And, and I think you're 100 percent right. I think they just they looked at the the Marvel. Uh, the Marvel equation, and they're like, well, that's what we have to do. Well, there's two things that Marvel did directly that um, 
corresponded with these movies not being as good. One of them has to do with the gender swap, and I'm okay with there being a gender swapped mummy, mm-hmm. but I, I still think it should have been Imhotep. It should have been the original mummy from the original mummy movie mm-hmm. if you're trying to reestablish these characters. Um, and they said that the mummy's design and gender were altered to avoid similarity with the titular character villain of X-Men Apocalypse. So they looked at... Like, so they, they were all, already... They're heeding to Marvel's X-Men movie. I mean, granted, it's, it's Sony or Fox, whoever owns uh, the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Fox, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But regardless, though, they're looking at they're looking at um, like this Marvel property and going, "Oh, well, we can't we can't do that because Marvel did it. What's well, okay? We'll change. We'll do our <laughs> we'll do our thing. You guys go ahead." Right. And then I thought there should have been a post credit scene because that's how you set up world building. You know, mm-hmm. you have your story and then you set up like the. Uh, the sneak peek to what's coming next. You know, you get people excited about Basically it. Basically like the Nick Fury scenes from the X-Men movies yeah, and <laughs> or dr- the, the uh, Avengers movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And they're like the best parts. People will stay. Oh yeah. So, and there's a point now where some, some movies have three different post credit scenes. Like uh-huh. they're crazy. And Alex Kurtzman, once again, stated that there will be no post credit scenes because quote unquote, that's Marvel's domain. Like, okay, guys, we're not going to do it. We won't step on your toe. It's a really good idea. Like, we'll make all our movie worse and use yours can be better. Like, like Marvel's the only company who's ever done post-credit exact, scenes? Yeah, exactly. It's like, Stupid. what are you doing? Like, yeah. it, it, grow a pair of nuts and make your movie the way you want to make it. Right. Like, stop worrying about what Marvel's doing and and because you're going to end up shit in the bed. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm probably looking at that worse than what it was. But, like, it seems like that to me. Like, right. like they, they were just, like, so afraid to just do their own thing mm-hmm. they they ripped off and then heated marvel at every turn and just did it bad mm-hmm. i don't know that's just that's just where i was at with it no yeah i'm 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 right there with you like i like i said i i, I like this movie for what it was it was fun totally tonally wrong for uh for a new universal monsters universe so yeah. it's just it wasn't and wasn't good in that that's respect that's why it ended up failing yeah you know, people didn't really care for it. A lot of cool set pieces, like that that jet, the the airplane that went down in the beginning, which I was reading they did actually do that on one of those... The Vomit Comet? The Vomit Comet yeah. planes, uh-huh. yeah. They did actually do that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, there's there cool yeah, stuff I don't, I don't in mind it. But... A, I don't mind a little bit of action, yeah. but you have, to, you have to make room for the drama. Like, the mummy is supposed to be scary, but it's, it's not scary when you have every scene... Tom Cruise doing kung fu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That takes away from like that yeah, Tom Cruise is impressive. We all know that he's awesome. He does his own stunts, whatever. But like the, if you don't make any room for the actual drama of the story, then you're going to lose your base, which is horror fans. Yeah. Make horror movies. These the, are universal horror monsters. The one thing that I will say is that the original Mummy with uh, Boris Karloff um, was one of the very f- was one of the only Universal uh, monsters that did not get a direct sequel mm-hmm. back in the day. Now there was a whole slew of Mummy movies that sure. came out afterwards, but uh, all of the movies subsequently after the original Mummy mm-hmm. uh, dealt with a different mummy. Oh, really? And uh, it was a completely different storyline and everything else. So mm-hmm. the Boris Karloff mummy never got a sequel. Imhotep never got a sequel. Right. Um, and in those other movies, there were like the two character comedic roles. There were more action. There were more of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So part of me almost wonders if 
even for the Brendan Fraser remake and then now this one, almost makes me wonder if they were drawing on maybe the later movies in the series for more inspiration mm-hmm. than they take the plot from the first one, but then the feeling of the other ones, maybe. Right. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. And I can't fault them completely for doing that. I still just, like I said, for the a thousandth time. A thousandth time. A thousandth time. Um, <laughs> it just didn't work. But there's but there's there's a difference between there's a difference between a tasteful amount of action and an obscene obscene Michael <laughs> Bay action, which really is what was. you got with this. This movie. is Michael Bay's The Mummy. Yeah, that's that's essentially <laughs> it, what it, it is. was. Yeah, um, yeah. I but, mean, I mean, like, but again, like I said, I just like with Dracula Untold, I got to the end of this movie, and you know, even though we shit on it for months before yeah. years, I guess before we had actually even watched it, I still I still hold the same opinion that I had back then. But I still got to the end of this, and I was like, I would really like to see more of this. I would just like to see it done a little differently. I'd like to see it or done, a lot differently, done, rather. Just mo better. Mo better is the <laughs> best way to put it. Um, I think that you know, if you're if you're going to be the kind of person that liked maybe the old Van Helsing movie with uh, with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, with Hugh Jackman, yeah. or you liked the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or you liked like the movie, original yeah. Hellboy, almost. Mm-hmm. Those they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. They're big budget, sort of action, sort of horror, like or action movies with horror elements at least. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of under the same umbrella. So if you like those kind of movies, I don't think that it's fair to say that you that this is a bad movie. I think that you would relike it with fresh eyes. Yeah. So many people though were just kind of miffed on. Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was going to say, it's mid- like as soon as they saw Tom Cruise. And was, then you start, you know, they started through, like Angelina Jolie's going to be, which she actually probably would have looked pretty good as, as Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I agree. I, like, I, think, I think she would have pulled that character off. But were they going to have her doing backflips and shit? <laughs> and like beating people up with I kung have no fu? Idea. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like it made sense for Aminette because she was trained in combat. So it made sense for her to be able to fight, but I was I, like, torn if with they, her. Why? Because she was like super hot, but she also kind of looked like Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit torn. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, well, there's there's times when I would give it to Skrillex. So <laughs> that was another thing is they like they don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Damn it! I went this entire time. I'm all for I'm all for beautiful ladies and you know like I'm a man I like seeing beautiful ladies but they they like they the mummy's supposed to be scary it's it's, it's the the idea of a mummy is scary and I mean, a mummy is they is, like is one one seed removed from a zombie they sexed her up a lot like there oh, was there yeah. was there oh, was yeah. one scene where <clears throat> they're down in this like underground lair and she's it's about to be like the final showdown be- between her and uh, Tom Cruise's character and she's walking toward him and, and the it's camera's just, down like a it's like a kind of like at ground a, level it's, like it's a just a view. it's Warm just side. a shot of her very nicely shaped <laughs> butt walking toward him and I'm like I, I'm not complaining about it but at the same time I'm like this is like you're not if you're supposed to be scaring me with this character you're giving me what are the what are you're giving <laughs> what are, what did the mummy say to the the turned on dude staring at her butt uh wrap, wrap it, it up, up. <laughs> come on it's good oh, right oh boy <laughs> yeah 
I don't know. It's just I like it was it was weird to me. Like if you're gonna, I don't I don't mind the gender swap, but you don't necessarily have to make her like like a crazy sex symbol. No, which she was because she was super hot. Yeah. Like even when she was half falling apart, she was still super. Yeah, hot. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is, and it's. I think it's it's a cheap sell. You know what I mean? They're like, oh yeah, well this is this is gonna get the dudes in the theaters because we've exactly we've already got this blonde hair, blue eyed chick, and now we're gonna get this this like half fallen apart and chick the, who still looks super hot and and young impression impressionable chicks love Russell Crowe, <laughs> so we'll get him in there. <laughs> Tom Cruise, uh, what is he in his fifties? Uh, early fifties, I think he's fifty two or fifty three. Damn it, like that. he still looks good. Yeah, he he's actually ripped out of his mind. It's crazy. I want to say that he if is... he didn't have that weird middle tooth, he'd be he'd be really sexy. <laughs> I want. Oh my god, that fucking tooth. <laughs> He's got one singular center tooth that drives, and those are fake teeth, by the way, too. So that drives me nuts. And it's, cra- it's crazy because I never noticed that until you pointed it out to me. And, I, and then I, every time I see it, that's all I see. You yep. can't unsee it, right? No. That's it's, what makes him such a good actor, though. It's something about that. It's like how Freddie Mercury didn't want to get rid of his extra teeth in the front because he was such a good singer. Tom Cruise can't get rid of that middle tooth because it makes him a better actor. <laughs> makes him a better Scientologist. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was funny is that there's a scene in the movie where um, Dr. Jekyll momentarily becomes Mr. Uh, Hyde, Mr. Hyde yeah. which I thought was actually kind of cool. Yeah, it was I cool. like how he went to the, this Cockney yeah. accent, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I actually would love to see that character more. I yeah, thought that yeah, he totally. actually played a really good Dr. Jekyll mm-hmm. and, uh, and Mr. Hyde. But he says something along the lines of... Um, that you're really young or something like that to Tom Cruise's character. And ironically, Tom Cruise is like two years older than Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. You'd never know it by looking at no, him. No, it's crazy. Never. But, um, yeah. But you also have to keep in mind that <clears throat> Dr. Well, just in the, in within the confines of the story, Dr. Jekyll at that point is hundreds of years old. That's true. You know, yeah, that's true. It's just, it's just, which is weird, like the actors, though. Like, from yeah, an actor yeah, standpoint, yeah. I just that's, that was I'm always hot and cold on Russell Crowe. Sometimes I really like him. Sometimes I hate him. But I liked him a lot in this movie. I thought he played that role really he awesome. He can be he can be a bit of a douche at times, <laughs> and he can act like it. Um, that being said, like I never saw his Robin Hood movie, but I've heard it's really good. I didn't um, see that. No. Yeah, I, I I like typically most of the things that he does. I don't know. I, I guess you could say that. I'm I think a, I do too. I think it's mostly because I know that he's. He's kind of a cock in real life, isn't he? Isn't he sort of an asshole I've, in real life? I've, I've heard both. I don't know. I have no idea. Beautiful Mind, that was a good movie. Did Beautiful Mind was great, yep. Damn, that was good. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have too much more to say about no, this movie. I, would, I, I, I guess... thought I thought that it was really entertaining. And to be honest, I would like to see more of the Dark Universe. I would just like to see it done, like we with said earlier. With more care. Yeah, like, um, with more care. And we know now that... Um, the Invisible Man is going to be next with uh, um, what's Johnny Depp. With no, not Johnny Isn't Depp. Isn't it Johnny Depp? No, well, he was supposed to be. Johnny Depp is no is no. It optioned not to pick it up. Oh, I don't. It's think being I... directed or it's being written by Lee Winnell oh, and okay. produced by Blumhouse. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. Yeah. Um. So I think that's in better hands now. Uh, now, granted, from my understanding, though, all the movies moving forward are just going to be singular movies. They're not going to be interconnected. I think that's the probably, dark universe is dead. I think that's probably the best way to go. Unless, I, unless you can. I like the idea of the dark universe, so but like I said. Go back to, like, there's nothing wrong with having uh, a Marvel-type interconnected universe, but having it be actually scary. 
Yeah. Like go back to the go back to the style of De Niro's Frankenstein. Go back to the style of Benicio del Toro's Wolfman. Go back to the Gary Oldman Dracula and make an interconnecting universe out of those things. I'm actually okay with it being a little bit more Hollywoodized. I really am. Like a I, little that, bit. That doesn't bother me. Just just make sure your tone's right. Yeah. That, that that's that's well, that's the I, biggest part of it. That's just kind of what sure I'm saying. Right. Go back. Yeah. You can you can do it with that kind of tone, and yeah, like maybe maybe. Hollywoodize it a little bit more than because obviously those would be probably a little bit dark and a little brooding sure, to sure. interconnect them, but like you could do it still with that similar tone, just ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. Just don't, just don't make Tom Cruise. I mean, it was, this was like Mission Impossible with the Mummy. That's exactly what it was. That's you know? literally exactly what this movie yeah. was. Um, yeah, I don't know, at that, give it another shot. If you if you watched it the first time and you absolutely hated it because you had preconceived notions going into it, I would say give it another shot or don't. I mean, don't listen to us. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, though, at least see it and form your own opinion. Don't yeah. just listen to what other people are, yeah. other people said. Because, you know, we went into this That's expecting we to doing. hate it. And we both ended up walking out being like, it's not that it's a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it they sure made it. Yeah. Like <laughs> it just it was a it was a good movie. It was just wrong for what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. I think we're gonna wrap it up pretty early here tonight, guys. An hour and thirty four minutes. My goodness. I know, right? All right. Well if you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us at the Buzzed Kill PC. Uh, on Twitter, that is, at the Buzzkill PC. You can also find us on all uh, major streaming services. And um, you can no longer swipe right on Tinder for us. You got rid of Tinder? Tinder's gone. It, the uh, the app erased itself off of my phone because I hadn't used it in like two weeks. That doesn't... It, they deactivated my account, and then I'm like, yeah, well, fuck it, and I just erased the oh. app. <laughs> <laughs> they, they deactivate your account after only two weeks or, of inactivity? Oh, it, was, it, was, it had been a while, yeah. Wow. Since right. I had actually been on it and... Uh, made it work so. alright then Yeah. if you want to find J-Rod you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs alright boys all right. well we're gonna roll the wheel of pizza horribleness <laughs> real quick yeah, oh yeah we are not all real right. quick take about a minute and are a you, half you ready for this yes oh god there it is <laughs> sounds like a tiny machine gun it's a machine gun for mouses. Um, come on, come on. Uh, oh, director spotlight. Oh, uh, what do we got? This is gonna be a fun one. Uh, Mr. Toby Hooper. Oh, it's oh, just it no, again. no, it's still on. It's still okay. On. Mr. Toby Hooper, which means we are doing spontaneous combustion. Okay. And night terrors. All right. Very excited about those. Obviously, we're not going with any of the big ones, just oh, because no. you already, you guys all, uh, you know the big ones already. There's Plus, no sense in a lot of those other big ones we can use for other exactly other shows. So, so spontaneous combustion and night terrors. Yeah. All right. Should I'm be very. A good I've one. not seen either of these. I'm very excited about it. I've been uh, wanting to see. I don't think spontaneous combustion for a long time. It's so. gonna reignite your your. Ir- rational fear of spontaneous combustion though <laughs> i'm gonna have some fucking flashbacks that's for sure but uh there we all go all right cool well that's uh that's up for next week and that does it for this week so cheers boys cheers, cheers. try to have a good night cheers.